0: Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of University, a podcast series from the University of Southampton. I'm Jo Fisher and in this one-off episode I'm joined by my colleague Bupinda Siran. Bhu is the Business Relationship Manager within iSolutions at the University of Southampton. He's also the Vice Chair of the University's BAME Network. We met earlier this month for a virtual cuppa to discuss his role at the University, his involvement in the BAME Network and his hope for Hollywood stardom. joining me today. Do you want to just introduce yourselves for our
1: listeners? So uh, my name is Bupinda Saran. I'm a strategic business partner in iSolutions been at the university for about 12 years.
0: It's great to have you and um, it's been a while since we've recorded an episode so it's, it feels really good to be back in the podcasting seat with great guests like yourself. Do you have a cup of tea with you?
1: I do, for sure do.
0: I was tempted by coffee I've got to admit but I've got my very on-brand University of Southampton mug here so um, nice representing from home.
1: Yeah whereas I've, I I, bought myself a Mr Right mug You've got, to, you've got to promote yourself, right? So uh... Excellent.
0: It's boosting your own morale. You, if exactly. you're not in an office with your office mates, so uh, you need to get your confidence from where you can. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. Exactly. Thanks so much for joining us today. I know that lockdown is kind of easing up now. So in previous episodes, we've talked to a lot of guests about how they're coping with the current situation and lockdown and the pandemic. And it's still very much present, as we've seen on the news, but things are slowly returning to some sort of normality but obviously we're still working from home so how have you found the last few months?
1: It's been weird Uh, so when lockdown started particularly for well for everybody but iSolutions obviously we were trying to get ready for you know helping students and staff work from away from campus so there was this real flurry of activity which really did get to a point where home life and work life was becoming very, very blurred. Mm. And um, that took a while to kind of get your mindset around, actually, do you know what, when it hits five o'clock or whatever, whatever time, you yeah. know, you should really step away from your computer. I'm getting better at it. I'm not brilliant at it. Good. It's a bit too <laughs> easy to spill into, oh, just look at that one more email and, yeah. you know, have that one more phone call or whatever. But equally, there are so many pros that have come from being at home too. So like I really enjoy baking. And so like baking loaves of bread, I've had time to do that. I can do nice. more cooking. Uh you know, you can chill out, you can watch a bit of money heist on Netflix. <laughs> you know, there's there's there there is good things and the commute to work is amazing, you know, it's like a two minute well, if that walk from one room to the other. Yeah. So there there are perks to it, but I do miss being able to walk around campus and mm. actually speak to people because I think that's where some of the, the fun of work comes from. Mm. And, I, I, and I always feel that if you can have a good relationship with people at work, then you're almost working with your friends as opposed to professional colleagues. Yeah. And then you know, it makes work more fun.
0: Definitely. I completely agree. I really miss my colleagues as well and they are very much like friends. So it's, it's I mean, it's good to catch up via video, outside of meetings as well as, you know, informal meetings, but it isn't quite the same. No. And you, you're a familiar face in my office, at least. I know many, many times a week I've seen you sort of walking around fixing people's problems and answering queries. Um, so you must really miss that as well. How has that adapted when you can't leave leave your home office?
1: That's the one thing that I think I have really struggled with, because I like really good engagement comes from walking around talking to people face to face Mm. i'm not really a big telephone person i'm not really a big emailer (laughs) and what's really strange is that now anytime you want what you could have done is a corridor conversation or just you bump into someone has to now become a formal half an hour teams meeting and they just suddenly kind of dominate your um your calendar Mm. but i have really missed that actually that's the one bit i've really struggled with is not just being able to kind of walk over to building 37 for instance and Just kind of say, oh, how's it going? Or how's this Mm. piece of work going? Or how was your weekend? Or All those kind of things.
0: Yeah, it will be strange for a bit longer, I think. But eventually, hopefully, you know, you'll be wandering around and chatting to colleagues again in no time. And nice and safely as well. I know there'll be lots of safety measures.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's a strange one. But um, I think even stranger must be uh, trying to take the entire university, both, you know from the staff side of things and sort of educating our students online and that must must have been or must be because it's still happening a uh, a huge challenge for the isolutions team so yeah. how has that how has that been
1: absolutely and i can't take i mean i can't take any credit for that my the the, the team isolutions have been absolutely amazing throughout all of this and Mm. you know so many of my colleagues for them work-life balance very much did blur right at the beginning because there's this real need to get everyone online and have them in a position to be able to study or access whatever resources they needed to Mm. so there's some real great effort that came out of the whole department but it's amazing because covid has allowed us to probably I mean, this has been said so many times, but, you know, there's a journey with change. You have to you have to go through certain stages. You have to bring people along with you to explain to them why there is a benefit of switching over to, for instance, teams. COVID gave us a catalyst to be able to introduce some of the new technologies that have made it so much easier for us to continue to work together and collaborate and communicate and all those things. Mm. So um, I think the fact that the colleagues across the university have, Kind of had an appetite to to go on that journey with us and change with us mm. has been amazing and it does show that when we can work together and when we do have a, a kind of this like unified objective of this is where we've got to get to. The whole university is brilliant for coming together and really pushing that forward. Still, lots of work to do, but I think we've made a really fantastic start, and hopefully, we can carry that through.
0: I, I have to say, I don't think we'd be recording this podcast if it, you know, if it wasn't for the amazing work from my solutions. And, you know, I'm working on a laptop that was delivered to me because my home laptop couldn't cope with the uh, the programs that I was trying to run on it because it's quite old. My experience has been seamless. I, you know, people have helped me every step along the way and and I know that as soon as a colleague has had questions they've been answered so it's just made it a very difficult situation that bit easier but that's down to you know other people's really hard work so yeah yeah, it puts it into perspective really how quickly people had to sort of react to that and of course as you say it's not finished because we're sort of working out how to welcome the new set of students and and how you know staff are going to navigate of maybe splitting between working from home and working from the office and all sorts so it's uh, never a dull moment, I should imagine, within the wider iSolutions team.
2: No,
1: no, no. And as you're showering us with compliments, I'll just say at this point that it's all down to me. I did it all.
0: <laughs> we'll use that as the main quote for the podcast episode. I reckon that will go down really well. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I will to be fired <laughs> fired tw- by tomorrow. <laughs> no, I think it's brilliant work. And, you know, it's really nice for it to all be celebrated or acknowledged and celebrated.
0: It is amazing. And speaking of celebrations, congratulations on you and your team for the BAME network on your VC's award win. That was amazing. Thank you. The sheer amount of of amazing work being showcased in the award ceremony that we were able to watch blew me away. It was amazing to see, you know, the amount of work that's been done, especially, you know, the category that focused on overcoming adversity in in the time of COVID nineteen and It was such a privilege you know it really makes you realize who you work alongside but yeah your win was brilliant i was very excited to see that so congratulations
1: thank you the way that i look at that award and i do mean this sincerely i think an award in itself is not that important Mm. you know it's the platform that the award will give the the network in my case the BAME network yeah to start to build on the work that we've started that I think is far more important. I know that sounds a bit cheesy, but I genuinely do mean that. Um, I think if that can give our network some recognition, which it has, because since that time, you know, lots of people have sent really lovely messages. They've asked how can they engage with the network or how can they integrate the work that they're doing with the objectives of the network. So some really positive things have started coming from it, and that to me is the true value of the award, rather than rather than the award itself. Yeah.
0: So we've talked a bit about, um, you know, your career at the university, but I'm interested to know how you got here and, and what sort of steps your career took to get you to where you are now.
1: So I studied at Solent University. Um, I can hear the boos already when I say that. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I studied at Solent University and then I started to, I actually got a job straight after at Solent University. It was a Kind of a data entry job it was a maternity cover and at the time i was i wasn't really sure what i wanted to do so i figured you know six months of mind-numbingly boring data entry would be a good way to earn some money until mm. i figure out what i want to do and um someone else fell pregnant and then i kind of took that maternity leave on and then i suddenly started getting a reputation of taking pregnant women's jobs <laughs> and you know there's all sorts of funny rumors going around then um, but so it's. um Uh, that that took me into the project realm of like managing projects Mm. or or kind of coordinating large scale projects and then I did that for about five years I think and then this opportunity came up for the University of Southampton as a business analyst Mm -hmm. I work for IT but I'm not really IT IT if that makes sense yeah but what I did find that the role allowed me to do was to engage with people it allowed me to kind of go out and talk to people and understand their kind of point of view and what they were looking to do and achieve and Mm. I I started to kind of build up this thing of okay well that's an area that I like I, I like building up these relationships with people and i like to be able to get to a point where we can kind of talk openly about needs wants how we can deliver on those objectives and so then an opportunity for a business relationship manager came up which was very much that was their role And so, yeah, I started that role and then moved into the team leader role. And I've really enjoyed it. Genuinely, I'm happy to say I enjoy my job. It's not something that I have to do just to earn money. I do it because I really enjoy doing it.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: And I enjoy working with people and I enjoy talking to them and understanding them and all those things. So, yeah, I've been in that role. And we recently, our solutions have kind of gone through a bit of a change. And now the role is kind of evolved into something called a strategic business partner okay and it's more about joining the strategies up of the university community to make sure that again we're more coordinated and more robust about how we want to approach things
0: oh that's so wonderful to hear and it's making me quite nostalgic for sort of being all together on campus to be completely honest yeah and and it's it sounds like a lot of sort of very serendipitous kind of opportunities of sort of come together quite nicely and helped you to understand what you most value when you work for sure. within your career
1: for sure my career has been just loads of flukes coming together
0: and you've obviously made quite a few memories in your time at the university as well and, and you clearly love where you work and I know that you're involved in some very exciting work with the Aegeus Bowl mm. a couple of years ago yeah, yeah. Um, and I'd love to hear about that so can you tell me sort of what that involved and how that came about
1: yeah so that was really that that for me was the highlight of my time at university and it has nothing to do with my job which is even funnier <laughs> it stemmed from some work we we're doing as part of the BAME network where we went and met with councillor Satvir Kaur, who's an alumni of the university and we were just talking about you know how we can work and raise the profile of kind of BAME activity and all those types of things and after the initial meeting uh, that we had with the councillor we just you know, it, it was quiet for a while.
2: Mm. And then out of
1: nowhere, I get this message from her introducing me to someone from the Aegeus Bowl.
2: Mm.
1: And they were like, well, you know, we, we've got a test match coming up between India and England. It would be great if we could do something together to to involve the university in, in those activities, in, in the games. And so I kind of sat there and I was thinking, like, you know, I know the university's agenda is internationalisation. There's a big part of what we want to do is to grow internationally. Mm. And I also know that India is kind of partners that we want to strengthen our relationship with yeah so it just kind of got me thinking of how can we work together to align our objectives and so i proposed the idea that we use some of our student indian dance society students to perform at the events because that would give them a platform to kind of celebrate their diversity and their culture. Yeah. And then we just kind of from that time it started to snowball and then we thought, well, how can we really promote the university? And then there were some great colleagues that were really did kind of bend over backwards to help me with I had no budget, I had no project to mm-hmm. kind of formally align this to. It was just me going around saying, Can we do this? Can we do this? Can mm-hmm. we do this? And you know, there are colleagues in comms, uh Charles He helped me get some of our students on the news and, you know, that really raised their profile. And people at the cricket, they even came to us and said, we saw these students on South Today and that's why we've come to see them. So, yeah, it was brilliant. Like I said, it had nothing to do with my job, but the fact that I I feel quite proud of what we were able to achieve then because it really was one of those projects that had nothing formal about it. It was just all Mm. of us just kind of mucking in together and people from all over the, the university and the faculties were coming together to, to to make it happen. And it was, yeah, a really great result, really great result.
0: That sounds amazing. I bet the atmosphere and the actual day at the actual match was incredible as well. I, I'm assuming you went and you were able to see all your hard work sort of there in front of you.
1: Yeah, it was definitely not only my hard I have to stress, it was everyone that was involved <laughs> in that really bent over backwards to make it work and help. And so, yeah, they deserve far more credit than I should ever get.
0: You mentioned that the, the areas sort of how that opportunity came about was through your involvement with the BAME network and we've already talked about the BC award and how that sort of really helped get more of the message of what you all do out there but I do want to sort of just focus on on the BAME network a little bit because I know it takes up a lot of your time at the moment especially am I right
1: the activity around the network has really grown significantly over the last couple of months mm. which has been it's sad that we needed a catalyst of the nature that happened in America to you know help us build momentum Mm. but now that we are in that situation and that situation can't be changed we should act on it to make sure that positive comes out of it Mm. so yeah so the last couple of months it has been great in that some of the things that we had only ever talked about are now starting to come to fruition one of the activities that we've have uh, started uh, were having safe listening spaces mm-hmm. and that is really just an avenue for staff to come together in a forum that's anonymous and secure and safe yeah. just to share their thoughts on either their personal experience or how they can better engage with the network or with colleagues that are of a background across the university you know how we should engage that doesn't cause offense because you know i think there's this real anxiety everywhere that nobody wants to say the wrong thing and sometimes that can be quite dangerous because by not saying anything can sometimes come across as not caring and so what we've wanted to do is create these sessions where people can just come and talk and just be very open about you know I don't know what to do in this situation or this has happened to me and I just need to get it off my chest I need to share it in a safe kind of proud and they've been really good we've had I think three or four so far and they've been really well attended they've been it's really been insightful to hear what people have to share and the idea really is just it truly is for us to listen it's you know um, we want to hear the themes that are coming out of people's feedback or their stories and um, come together and kind of build some kind of action plan that comes out of that to see how we can make it better for the university because the university is definitely invested in making things better I can with the people that I'm working with I can see there's so many good people that actually want to make a difference but what we don't want to do is just do it for the sake of doing it. We want to know, right, where is the situation that we need to deal with? And let's focus on that mm. and make it better. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they've been really good sessions. I encourage everyone that's listened to this to, to sign up if they can.
0: Absolutely, I can vouch for that. And you've mentioned, you know, it's, it's about making informed decisions and long-term changes rather than sort of knee-jerk yeah. reactions to everything that's been going on because it, it needs to be meaningful and it needs to be permanent as well. Have you had many members joining you since the killing of George Floyd and, and the momentum that's sort of come from that for the Black Lives Matter movement? Have you seen sort of a, a, a peak in interest and, and participation? Yeah,
1: definitely. You know, what's really interesting, about a year ago um we were finding that the network was coming to a bit of a grinding halt uh we had three or four members of the committee we would get together and we started asking the question of that people aren't people aren't engaging with us mm. you know we were just kind of coasting along for a little bit and then obviously lockdown happened and as you mentioned George Floyd that killing occurred very sadly um and that really has now started to build up this momentum to the point where we are now being inundated with people asking us about n- not necessarily wanting to be members, but they want more information. They want to they want to learn about how they can get involved. Mm. Like I said, the the, the vice chancellor's award well, as lovely as it is, it's the result of that allowing people to know about us and get in touch with us yeah. and find avenues to kind of work with us. That's really where it's really come to life now.
0: Mm. What would you say to colleagues who are asking? Why the network exists at the university, and and why you you know you and your team are doing what you're doing.
1: I think that the network is there to do two things. One is to educate about uh, diversity. There are differences, but those differences aren't bad. And it's also to celebrate diversity. You know, so we've historically had celebrated the Chinese New Year, and we've celebrated Diwali, and we celebrated uh, Eid, and we want to do more with Black History Month. One of the things that we previously did and it was a lesson that we learned was if we had a cultural event we would maybe focus on food Mm. and people would come along but they would come for the food and then we we, then we kind of talked about it and said well look you know if we have an event it shouldn't matter if there is food there or not Mm. when people come they should come to learn about why we are having that event and we had chinese new year we had uh, someone come and talk to us about the the story of the uh, the chinese animals you know why is it the year of the dog and the cat and the monkey and the rat Mm. and i didn't actually know the story but it was fantastic that as a part of that hour that lunch hour Mm. that someone is able to educate us as to why that culture has the chinese new year uh, the way that it is Mm. and i think that's the way that we've tried to go now it's really like yes let's celebrate it but let's educate people should know why it's eid people should know why it's the wali why we're having black history month and all those types of things But it's also, as well as celebrating, it's also to educate, you know, there are things going wrong. How do we work together to make it better? How do we make it better by having some very strong and difficult conversations with colleagues to say, look, you know, this is right and this isn't
0: right. And what have been sort of the biggest lessons that you've learned from sort of being part of the network?
1: When I first joined the network, so I I think I joined the the network right at the beginning. And um, but I was... Kind of on the fence about how much I would be able to be involved mm. in, in it, just because of the day job and all those types of things. But as I started going, it was like, no, do you know what? This is an important piece of work. There's good people. Uh, I would like to invest more time yeah. in in supporting it grow. But when I joined, I was I came at it from the angle of I don't want to spend so much time talking about kind of the negative that happens. I think we need to spend time also acknowledging the positive that has happened. You know. Because there's a risk otherwise that you can start to feed into this whole them and us kind of environment if you go down that route.
0: Yeah.
1: And the network was very good with that. They, you know, they were completely on board, you know, to approach things that way. What I did find, though, as a kind of lessons that I've learned from the network is that the more that I've worked with colleagues, the more sadly I've become more aware of discrimination that does happen. Mm. Uh, not only in our university but across higher education in general and things that I would never have expected things that people say that you think really Mm. in 2020 these are the types of things that people are saying I've learned that there's a lot of work to do but there's so much good stuff that has already happened and there's so much good that we should Mm. also celebrate of how much we we work in an institution that is encouraging us to have that conversation Mm. and I think that in itself is a real positive uh, so yeah I'm very much on the of the mindset of we need to celebrate the good as well as highlight the bad. Uh, It can't can't be one or the other, it has to be both.
0: Do you have any advice for people who might be worried about talking about racism or asking questions or asking about how they can sort of help BAME colleagues especially if they sort of are in the difficult position where they've sort of witnessed something or they've noticed something. Is there anything that you'd sort of want to say or, or sort of suggest? Or
1: Yeah, I mean, we have a quality and diversity training and some videos that are available online on Blackboard, I think. So, you know, I would encourage you guys to look for mm-hmm. that. And I'm hoping that as time goes on, I'll be able to incorporate that into our SharePoint site so it becomes like a one-stop shop for anything that's related to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but speak to your line managers and if you don't feel comfortable doing that, then speak to our Equality, Diversity, and Inclusion team. Yep, they work really closely with us, uh, with all the with all of the EDI networks. Mm. They would be best placed to kind of advise on how you should proceed with whatever it is that you want to proceed with. Yeah. If it's just someone that you want to talk to, if it's just someone that you like, you want to get a bit of like get it off your chest then get in touch with the BAME network we're more than happy to sit down and
0: listen. Absolutely it's really important to be open about these conversations because we need to normalise having these kinds of discussions and, and you know outside of work not necessarily on a public platform you know that whole idea of performativity and, and sort of equality as as performance but there's no sort of actual depth to it I think you know it's important to have meaningful and productive discussions. And um, hopefully in sort of talking about it on the podcast and you sharing your experiences, yeah. that's helpful. And, and also sort of in promoting the Bain network as well, a little bit more and celebrating your success and and talking about, you know, what's next. Cause there is a lot of work to be done. I'm sure you and your team will agree wholeheartedly. So we've talked a bit about how colleagues can get in touch with you via the bame network but is there any other information or can they find you online on your team how can they get in touch
1: we have a facebook page so you can you know most certainly look up on that the sharepoint site as i mentioned is kind of growing and we're trying to make that the kind of one-stop place for people to kind of get the information they need Uh, and there is email links on that to how to get in touch with us but What I would encourage colleagues to do is, if they do have an opportunity to look at the site, is there is a section in there that's called your stories. And what I'd really encourage people to do, whether they want to do it anonymously or if they want to put their name to it, is actually put their stories in there. You know, anything that they think is that they want to share, Mm -hmm. you know, put it out there. Because what I've learned from the listening spaces is that until you articulate some of the difficulties that people have had, others don't understand the the nature of the issue Mm. uh you know because if you unless you're being impacted by it directly it's very easy for any of us it's the same as me i wouldn't know the the difficulties women have had in 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 their career choices or in their lives or anything like that i I just wouldn't be you know in a position to understand that so sometimes it has to be said to us and for Mm. us to in black and white hear it that look whatever actions I have either contributed to or observed or wasn't even aware of, uh, they have had this kind of impact on a group of people. Mm. So I think sharing our stories is really important. And I, so I really encourage people to to go on there or send us their stories and then we can add it to that site and, um, uh, you know, share it with everyone.
0: You've talked about personal experience. Are you looking for stories where people have experienced racism or have yeah. observed it or discrimination? Or even
1: championed against it. You know, it doesn't have to be, again, I'm going back to, it doesn't always have to be negative. You know, we should celebrate the good stuff too. There is only one story on there so far, and it's from my wife actually, uh, because my four-year-old daughter got told she had a dirty face because she's brown. So it was basically, she put up this post on Facebook and uh, explaining her feelings and Mm -hmm. how she had faced kind of some uh, discrimination when she was younger. And I thought, do you know what? That was such a, to me, it was a very powerful kind of emotional piece that she had written. Mm. It would be a shame if it didn't get shared yeah. for people to learn and then encourage a conversation. Yeah. So I asked her permission and then I put it into our uh, you, the, the SharePoint site with the hope that if people can see that a, a story has been told by someone, mm. that it would encourage them to feel safe that they could share theirs as well. Mm. So, yeah, I do really encourage people to kind of, you know, it doesn't have to be read mine yeah. or my story, but just tell us your stories, mm. and um, you know, let's let's share that because that's what's going to lead to a meaningful conversation as to yeah. why do we, why yeah. does it have to be stopped, why mm. does it have to be addressed.
0: Mm. I'm so sorry your family had to sort of deal with that, and and I'm sure many people listening will say, you know, it's awful, but they are also not surprised because it happens all the time, unfortunately. Yeah. But it's an amazing idea to sort of be open. Um, with storytelling I love that idea and and you know that balance between telling sort of the difficult stories and also the ce- celebratory ones as well the good ones yeah. I think I, I remember having a conversation I think it might have been with you at a previous sort of meeting or something where trying to explain to people why Black Lives Matter mm. exists as a movement can be made all the stronger when people's stories are told and and sort of the, the behind the scenes kind of reality of it for for people from a BAME community or black people you kind of almost need to get that point across to people who may be questioning why that movement exists which is awful because you shouldn't even be questioning it but that's the reality you know a lot of people are facing.
1: Yeah and I'll be very honest when it all started I was I also questioned why are we focusing on Black Lives Matter when you know people from India have been discriminated against. People from China have been discriminated against. You know, mm. there, there are lots of minorities that have faced some kind of yeah. discrimination. And it was a really honest conversation that I had with the head of ED&I, Camilla uh, Gibson. And she explained to me, look, it's no one is actually saying that all lives don't matter. Mm. It's purely that the people who are being discriminated right now and have kind of, you know, uh, an alarming set of statistics that are assigned to their kind of uh their color mm. th- that's the priority right now because until we get that right
2: mm. all
1: lives don't matter mm. we need you know we have to get it right for everyone mm. and so right now our focus needs to be on a group you know group of people that identifies black mm. as we need to we need to kind of stand up and say well actually you know what we are all equal so let's treat everyone equally Absolutely. and so i so i do understand why people ask that question i, I don't want anyone to think you know have just kind of jumped on this bandwagon there is a reason behind that being the slogan right now Um, and that's where our priority needs to be right now absolutely
0: Um, there's a that i saw online it's probably not the best example but there was an analogy to try and simplify it to explain to people who you know who you know who might be questioning it and they were saying you know it's like saying there's a house on fire on a road and someone's saying well why are you just focusing on that house that all the houses are important here but obviously the fire on that particular house needs to be put out immediately yeah. because that's the house that needs attention. And yeah. I, I don't know if it's the best. <laughs> There's probably better ones out there, but it's it's finding a way to explain it simply and, and helping to be, people to understand. And also those conversations you need to have. Everyone needs to be open to learning. There's this kind of weird idea that sort of admitting you may be wrong or you have misunderstood something or you haven't quite learnt that yet. Is not necessarily a weakness as long as you are willing to learn and educate yourself and and understand then as you've just demonstrated i think it's brilliant that you sort of opened up and said that because there will be many people listening i'm sure who've sort of felt the same and it's it's understanding that that's that sort of journey and that education is kind of okay um as long as it's going in the right direction and you are open to open to learning
1: exactly I mean, we have people have to. They have to be allowed to ask these questions. Mm. You know, you should be allowed to say, "I don't understand," because if you don't ask it, no one's going to try to explain it or articulate it, and then it will just kind of fester and become this kind of a thing of and animo- anano- I want to try to pronounce it again. A
0: thing of dispute. <laughs> we know what you mean. Yeah,
1: um, but you know, so you know, I don't. I encourage everyone to ask the question. Just you know, and hopefully our response will explain why that is a yeah. priority right now. Um, and we would do the same for any group uh, that is facing is that is that burning house to follow your analogy yeah yeah. (laughs) So
0: I'm glad that analogy caught on that's good (laughs) no it's wonderful I mean the work you're doing and and obviously with the momentum you've got now and promotion you've had through sort of the VC awards and and everything with that hopefully it means sort of more is possible for the network and more people can join in and I'm personally really looking forward to educating myself and learning more and listening to my colleagues and and helping to be a part of the change Um, because I know there's a lot that's already been done at the university there's a lot to celebrate and a lot has already been achieved but there is also still a long way to go so I'm keen to be involved on a personal level with that and and I think you know with the tools that your sort of your team are providing as well it's it's looking like that will be possible change will be possible so Fantastic. thank you Brilliant. so much for sharing all your experiences and your thoughts with us today Every time we have a guest on the podcast, we ask if they've got an object or an item that reminds them of an achievement in their career or a specific moment or something they're proud of. And um, we've spoken about so much, it could be anything for you. But do you have something to share with us today?
1: Do you know, I don't have anything to share right now, but I can tell you what it is. Um, And that was I got a thank you card from the dance students who performed at the Cricket. And it was really sweet that they all banded together. They bought me like a, um, a card and I think it was some chocolates. And I kept that card on my desk at work. Oh. So it's at work right now. But uh, oh, no. yeah, otherwise, otherwise <laughs> I hope it's still there. But otherwise, that is definitely for me because that was such a great event. Uh, a gr- everything just came together so lovely. And mm. the fact that they you know, took the time to say thank you to me in a card. Yeah. That's probably the best thing I've got that I could oh. share with you.
0: It's such a shame you couldn't rescue that before we all had to sort of head home, but I I'm know. sure it's still waiting for you on your desk, hopefully. I hope so, I hope so, I hope so. <laughs> I love a good card as well. Everyone, they seem so old-fashioned now, but I, I, there's nothing quite like, it's like letters. I love receiving like letters and cards in the post. Anything that's not a bill yeah. is great. <laughs> I think the
1: same thing about photos, don't you think? Yeah. Photo, like, photos in an album are so much more precious than a photo on your phone, yeah. because, I don't know, there's something more... Um, Know, maybe it's just a no- nostalgic thing.
0: Yeah, baby. Or
1: maybe it's an old person thing, so I don't know.
0: I don't think so. I've had a few printed out in recent months and I've said to myself, I'll get things and put them in an album. And have I? I have not. Even with the, uh, even with the lockdown and having more time in my flat. I have not done that <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> that's something that I'll, I'll keep saying I'll do but probably won't ever get round to but yeah I agree I think it's great it's a good example as you were just talking about when we were speaking about the network of the idea of celebration and sort of cultural education being a big part of what you do as a team absolutely I have to ask one very important question cool. <laughs> at the end loose leaf tea or tea bags tea bags tea bags every time any tea particular bags. preference of type of tea bag
1: no just PG tips or (laughs) technique, I'm a a straightforward kind of guy.
0: (laughs) Whatever's available. I normally go for whatever's on offer at the supermarket, which probably isn't the best best way of doing it. I think I'm probably the same.
1: Although I do always like the idea of trying the, um, you know, you get the flavoured teas, like the fruity teas. Mm. But I I think I like the smell of it, but I don't like the taste of it. So it just tastes like hot Ribena sometimes.
0: (laughs) I absolutely agree. I think the fruit teas taste great, and then it just tastes of hot water with a hint of something... So the only herbal tea I like is peppermint. Oh, never
1: tried that. But
0: I have to get it quite right. I can't overbrew it. So um, I'm picky with my tea, evidently, apparently. Well, you know
1: what? You should, you should be. Tea is an important thing.
0: It is a very important thing. And on that note, mine's gone cold, so I'm going to go and make another one. Thanks, Bhupinder, for joining me nice. today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Boo, for joining me today for this bonus edition of University If that's left you parched for more, then don't worry. The second series of University is coming very soon. While you're waiting, you can catch up on the first series at any time, wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Jo Fisher, and thank you for listening. This has been a podcast from the University of Southampton.